Colin with Stuart Dardane. And when I'm looking for a little bit of inspiration to find out where the arts are, I go to CITR's Arts Report on Wednesdays from 5 to 6. Hey Vancouver, it's the Arts Report on 5 p.m. on the dot. You're listening to CITR.ca or you may be listening to CITR 101.9. It's August 15th. In studio we've got Discorder Magazine, Megaphone Magazine, Beekeeper, and we'll have a little touch of the Queer Film Festival. Stick with us. Hello, hello. This is Megan, and we are talking about tons of fun things today. I love having in-studio guests, and we have a plethora this fine, sunny evening. Uh, We have a couple of cool events coming up, one of which is the Mag Scene on Main. Mag Scene on Main is three days of interactive events by local arts and literary magazines in businesses and cultural spaces on and around Main Street. Uh, you can read that exact description and uh, get more information at magsceneonmain.com. And it's starting tomorrow evening and then continuing on through the 17th and the 18th um you can check them out facebook all that good stuff on uh thursday the most important event is happening and that is with our very own discorder magazine our arts director jazz halloran is there setting up as we speak but Actually speaking, at this point, is our editor, Laurel Borrowman. Say hello to Vancouver. Hello to Vancouver. Now, is this is your first time on air at CITR, isn't it? Yeah, it's really scary. <laughs> she's, she works in print mainly. She's a, she's a, she's a, a, a pen and ink lady, uh, or whatever the digital age equivalent of that is. Type, type, type. A little this. Uh, but uh, on... Thursday, August 16th at the Western Front, Discorder, that magazine from CITR 101.9, presents an exhibition of work by contributing photographers from the past 12 issues. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the real live action series like in the magazine that you can read every month and and how that's translating to this event on magazine mm-hmm. yeah so um jazz has contacted and curated a bunch of work from about the last 12 issues about the last year from um uh contributors to discorder to put this event together so um it's mostly it's all photography from shows and photo shoots for bands that have been featured in the magazine over the past year. So, uh, for example, some of them will be from live shows at all the different awesome places around Vancouver. Um, I got to see one last week of a a photo of people getting pretty gnarly down at Zoo Shop for a Monotonics show taken by Steve Louie, which will be featured in there. Um, I believe there's also going to be some work just from... uh, Photographers whose work has been on the cover for whichever band was the cover feature that month. Um, some of the, the feature bands from inside of the issues. Um, just a pretty wide array of different people. So it'll be a, a mix of, of live uh, shows and uh, just organized photo shoots from features. 
And if you look back over Discorder's history, there's actually used to be a lot of art on the cover. And both yourself and Jazz, and then just previously, um, the previous editor and art directors, you know, they started to move towards having pictures of bands every month. Um, so what does that say about the state of the magazine? I mean, it's like 100%, not 100% music, but it's it's more music-oriented, I guess, in than it used to be. Yeah. Um, I I think that one of the strengths of the magazine is that each editor that comes in has is has the ability to have their own um, focus. And I think, I guess, it's, it's shifted from maybe being a balance of arts and culture and music in the past to being more music-centric now. And personally, I really like that because... Um, and that's one thing that I, I really push for is just that there's such a strong and vibrant independent music community in Vancouver, and um, to to feature all these all these bands that and musicians that people should know about but maybe just don't know about is a really great thing to be able to do every month. And I, I think there's a it's a really big marriage of a lot of different artistic. Um, disciplines when you've got a, a magazine that's featuring musicians because you know you put it takes a lot to to put a photo shoot together to coordinate a, a band of a whole bunch of different members and to make it all happen so you know you see like the cover of the magazine on any given month and I, I know personally in the last several months since I've been here I've every time it comes to print I'm really excited to see how the cover looks and to see those photographs that are on the cover inside the magazine um, to be curated into exhibit is pretty rad. And um, I know there's going to be probably several in the exhibit that aren't you that haven't been in the magazine. So. Okay, cool. So there'll be like, it's like bonus content. Yeah. Bonus. Awesome. Well, thanks for popping on and, and telling us a little bit that. And so go and check out Discorder's uh, curated event. Uh, real live action uh, tomorrow uh, evening at Western Front, which is on East Eighth Avenue, eight thirty to eleven p.m. Uh, it's gonna be pretty rad. I recommend it. Thanks, Laurel. Thanks. Awesome. Um, there's a couple other events uh, coming up that look really cool um, in that same series, of the magazine. Um, my personal choices are on obviously the discorder and then and actually to just to make a side note on that um if you want to see lots of cool images keep an eye out on citr.ca because we started to post archival content because it is our 75th anniversary this year which we'll be celebrating later in the fall and that also means 30 years uh of discorder coming up next year as well uh and then on friday at 6 30 to 8 uh at uh, the 221A Artist Run Center on 221A East Georgia Street. Um, feeling it out, emerging poets write the body. It looks sexy. It even says, raunch is sure to follow. And six emerging poets delve into the world of arms, legs, torsos, breasts, and knees. So that sounds pretty sexy. It's um, Prism International and friend of the show, Poetry is Dead. And then on Saturday, I would... As a spoken word aficionado, I would definitely recommend The Art of a Kick-Ass Reading, 1.30 to 5 p.m. Uh, the Rice Paper is hosting it. We've done some work with them between Discord and Rice Paper before. They're at Little Mountain, which is on East 26th. And a writer can even give you a reading or a kick-ass performance. So I don't know which one you prefer, but I would probably like to listen to a kick-ass performance. So if you are a reader... 
or a writer and you want to learn a little bit more about uh, performance, that would be a good one to check out. All right. Now, moving on from magazines to magazines, we have in studio uh, Amanda McQuaig and Devin Lougheed from uh, Beekeeper. And they are going to tell us a little bit about a really cool event that's coming up with Megaphone. And we got a little beekeeper in the background there. Let's just get it going. Yeah, that's nice. It sounds good. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Amanda. And I'm yeah. Devin? Oh, wait. I'm, yeah, I'm actually... I got that mixed up. Uh, I'll be okay. Devin. Yeah, okay. I mean, however you guys <laughs> want to walk it. We're going to talk about genderqueer like, later, so... Oh, okay. It's yeah, like sure. a nice run up. Like, it it's all seemed to be really fitting together yeah. in a theme. You know, whatever, any, on any given day, it could be whatever. So I thought that uh, what we talk about today is Then and Now, presented by Beekeeper for Megaphone Magazine, mm-hmm. which is funny because a lot of times, and this is what I thought when I first got in touch about talking about it, okay, so Megaphone's throwing a, mag- uh, a fun- <laughs> magazine fundraiser. For Beekeeper. Or rather, beekeepers <laughs> gonna be there, and yeah. they're like they're like donating their services, and, and she's like, yeah. no, they are doing this. And yeah. so let's back up a second, explain megaphone for those who don't know, talk a little bit about that, and then we can talk about this event that's coming up uh, on sh- next Tuesday. Sure. So uh, I'm 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 not from beekeeper, which is what you said earlier. <laughs> so would, you're an honorary. You're an honorary bee. But it, uh, maybe just maybe bee, give us your position. Yeah. So I'm I'm the vice chair of Megaphone Magazine, and uh, so Megaphone Magazine is Vancouver street paper. It's what uh, you see people selling on actual street corners and it's it's sold for two dollars but it's bought by the vendors for 75 cents so the the thing to know about megaphone is that it's not just uh, a publication that's publishing for the sake of publishing it's actually a nonprofit that serves as uh and to create economic opportunities for low-income and homeless people in the city and so they can come in they get started off with uh I think it's about 10 magazines for free, and they can go out and work on selling them. They're given tools and training to learn how to do that. And then it gives them the flexibility to work when they want, uh, to work at their own capacity, which is a service that it's pretty much right now only Megaphone uh, provides. And then on top of that, we do some writing courses, and so people can go in and gain confidence through doing these writing courses and uh, and get to work with Sean Condon, who's the executive director, and he's great, and Kevin Hollett, who's the editor of the magazine. So the, the magazine itself has award-winning content in it as well. So it's I think it's great all around. <laughs> yeah, and we were talking a little bit about how it's empowering and also contributing to you know the community and the downtown east side and around Vancouver by mm-hmm. not just empowering people to tell their stories and giving them a way to be heard, but also, mm-hmm. you know, being able to develop skills yeah. of, of like real world money making skills. Yeah, and so you know, for some people, it's been that they maybe they had an injury or just a series of unfortunate events that took them out of the workforce, and so it's a stepping stone, and so they can develop the skills of working with people again, and also through the writers' workshops can develop writing skills and gain confidence through that and. One of the the neat things that we hear uh, feedback from the vendors and people who do the writing program, some of their pieces are then published in Megaphone. 
And so for them, sometimes that's the first time they've ever been published or we do a series of readings as well. So maybe that's the first time they've actually been able to share their story of what has happened to them, um, be it some kind of accident or family thing or, uh, you know, and you can you see how much it means to them to be able to be involved in that kind of community. And yeah. Yeah. And, and so next time you see someone selling one of those magazines, you know, they're not. First of all, I love it. Like, people give stuff away for free and people don't want it. I'm like, so they're not giving it away for free. Don't get offended. They're not trying to give you something for free, which apparently mm-hmm. we don't even like that. But they're also, <laughs> you know, they're not panhandling. And they're not um, trying to get one over on you. They have a great product. And, yeah. you know, they're trying to make a little money. And they've already invested. Even yeah. for those who, like, they still think, oh, well, you know, it's charity. They've already invested some of m- money from whatever they've done to earn it. Exactly. into this so they are they're trying to make something new happen for themselves and, I, and through writing and, and sales which are yeah. things I both like so it's yeah they they purchase each issue for 75 cents each they sell it for two dollars so keep tunings in your pockets and buy them from from the vendors when you see them or more right because they get to keep basically yeah. anything they make yeah so you can think of the rest of it as a donation to that person um, and I mean the, the great thing about it is a lot of time you go around and you think oh how could I help how can I help mm-hmm. and this is a, an actual way that you can help and not feel like, oh, I put my money in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, I see Devin nodding furiously, which is, of course, why he <laughs> was interested in, you know, promoting this uh, through the event. So the event is called Then and Now. That's right. Presented by Beekeeper for Megaphone Magazine. Just <laughs> because he's so good. Well, you can just, just think of it as Then and Now. So the, the event that we're doing... Um, it's called Then and Now. It takes place August 21st at the Biltmore, which uh, I know you'll hear lots of dates and stuff on on the <laughs> show, but next Tuesday, Biltmore Cabaret in Vancouver, B.C. Put it in your iPhone. Yeah, right the cool thing about the event is it's not just, uh, not just another rock show. Um, the theme of the night, Then and Now, will uh, be taken up by the performers, uh, all of whom will do two songs each. They'll do one song from the then of their lives. So this could be, you know, a, a teen angst song or the first song they ever wrote or a song from uh, early on in their career. Uh, and then the now song is a song from now, uh, a song, the latest, the greatest, the most important thing in their life at this exact moment. So it's kind of exciting. It kind of combines music and storytelling and, and good times mm-hmm. and a beer. And a place to sit. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, good. Because yeah. I personally like a place to sit. That's number one on my list of things I want out <laughs> of uh, any event. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's 10 artists performing two songs each. And so for $10, that's, tw- yeah, that's and 50 all that, cents a All that song money goes to Megaphone, too. 50% so. of the Vancouver indie scene. Yeah, we have Murray Porter, <laughs> Sydney York. David Vertessi, Dominique, uh, please correct me if I'm pronouncing any of these wrong. Dominique uh, Fricocci, Frico- I believe it is. <laughs> um, okay, no, yeah, that's on record now. So, Joni Glenham, beekeeper, of course, Hannah Epperson, Ma Petite, Golby Sparks, Kitty Rocks, and more, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, and there'll be a photo booth, and it uh, looks like Steam Whistle has sponsored it as that's well. That's right. And then a little karaoke. Yeah, with Weekend Leisure, this. karaoke. Now, the nice thing about the performers, I think the... Uh, it's a fairly diverse lineup, so you, uh, you know, we've got Colby Sparks on there is doing electronic music, so he's going to play some of the first uh, electronic music he ever made, uh, and then show That's off a brand new song that he first great. debuted. I know, you know, it's kind of funny. Like I'm going to play a song that I wrote when I was 13 years old, and it's <laughs> so teen angsty. 
It's so great. Uh, and it very, like, lots of metaphors about pain that don't really apply to my <laughs> life, which was great at the time. Um, Hannah Apperson, of course, is Vancouver's probably most crushable indie musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, loopy violin stuff, and she's good. Uh, I don't know if she's a real person, though. I feel like she's, like, a wood nymph or something that sometimes takes on, yeah, that form to to screw with people. Uh, Murray Porter is a, uh, he's an Aboriginal blues pianist. We've actually, I think, featured him on the, uh, went for Vancouver Aboriginal. Yeah, he's great. He just won a Juno, which Mm -hmm. is nice, so, you know. Um, And then uh, Beekeeper's on there. They're a bunch of jerks. That's what I've heard. Yeah, total jerks. Bunch of handsome. Well, that makes sense. You should punch him in their (laughs) handsome face. Don't actually punch. No, no. Definitely. Yeah, I actually would. He's kind of Um, a wuss. He's a handsome jerky wuss. Yeah, handsome jerky wuss. uh, It's on your tombstone. Yeah, everyone should also know that I dressed up for this radio program. I'm wearing a tuxedo. Mm -hmm. I forgot that radio is a ear hole noise and not an eye hole noise noise yeah. <laughs> so you know for, for stuff good like this too. the powder blue really brings out your yeah, eyes thank you the ruffled front. Mm-hmm. yeah and what about this crown that i'm wearing do you think it's too tall three feet a over the top yeah that it's a little over the top and yet still didn't shave <laughs> still didn't shave and and oh look at that wiener's out sorry about that <laughs> These are This these is are before things. nine o'clock. Oh right. So uh, no, the uh, hot dog that I'm uh, eating. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. it's a vegetarian show. Yeah, yeah. So keep all your wieners for yeah. after six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um anyway, then and now, August twenty first, Biltmore Cabaret. It's just gonna be the best night ever. I really do believe that. I think the other thing that's good for people who want to come out but who are uh, wary about a Tuesday night is there will be chairs set up. And we're mm-hmm. going to be making a point of getting people out. So come anyway. Even though it's a Tuesday, drag your friends, invite your friends, put it on your phone. And if you say that you heard it on the arts report, uh, nothing will happen. But I'll be so happy. Yeah. And we'll all be so happy. And Devin will give you a hug. Yes. Yeah. One free hug. Just one, though. Yeah. Don't, don't push it. The second one is going to cost you. He'll be the uh, disheveled man in a blue tuxedo. <laughs> Giant <laughs> crown. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, we are going to listen to Bad Advice from Take Me Back, uh, which is currently playing. And uh, right before we were listening to another track, which was called... uh, Take Me Back to the Place. Take Me Back to the Place, exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, listen and enjoy, and we will be back uh, with a couple of ads, which I know you're excited about at home, uh, as well as some information about the Queer Film Festival and BTW free tickets to the Jabriath AD. Mm. So if you're interested in learning about... I heard a, that that was the best thing of whatever that is. Yes. Yeah. Of all the Jabriaths, Jabriath AD. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to learn a little bit about a burgeoning uh, glam and cabaret artist, cut down in his prime by the gay cancer, as they called it oh, dear. in the 80s when he died, uh, you know, HIV and AIDS, uh, right. then um, please stay tuned. It's a, it's a really interesting show. Take a beating for possessions of a man Now that I am older it is 
between Vancouver and Buenos Aires, 11,000 kilometers. From August 31st to September 9, the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival will bring Buenos Aires right at home. www.vlaff.org Stylize your room this semester with Bed, Bath & Beyond at UBC Bookstore starting August 10th, as well as a great selection of supplies and technology. Don't forget to pick up some tasty snacks and fresh local salads in their new convenience store. Located at the corner of East Mall and University Boulevard, UBC Bookstore, where your purchases support UBC Campus. Okay, that was, uh, we're just saying goodbye to Devin and Amanda. Get the heck out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find their music on uh, www.bkpr.ca and uh, you can also buy.bkpr.ca. Uh, that spells beekeeper. And, uh, you know, we listen to Bad Advice and we also listen to Take Me Back to the Place. And those are some of their newest stuff. And you can, uh, again, get that at buy.beekeeper.ca. If you want more information about Then and Now, uh, presented by Beekeeper for Megaphone Magazine, check out uh, Facebook um, or go to megaphone.magazine.ca. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the queer film festival which is happening uh starting tomorrow august 16th to 26th and uh it looks to be one of the events of the summer i love film festivals there's always such a, a variety an exciting variety of uh you know things to see things to learn and one of the things uh, that will be happening tomorrow is we will have a screening of Romeo's during the day. And then in the evening, exciting, it is time for the uh, opening gala party at Fortune Sound Club. Now, they will have uh, a German-themed 
Uh, no German techno, they promise, but it, it's going to be uh, music by DJ Jay Douglas after German director Sabine Bernardi's film Romeos. Uh, and then we also have East Van's Drag Prince Tyrannopus Rex, and uh, also known as T-Rex. And that is actually a, a pun on prescription for uh, testosterone. He is a genderqueer, transgendered uh, drag prince. And he really likes ice cream. How much does he like ice cream? Almost as much as he likes beards. How much does he like beards? Well, this love child of Freddie Mercury, Peaches, and David Bowie, and he has yet to figure out which one of those three is actually his birth mother. Um... Uh, connected with Heidi Nadigal, who d- had its beard project of over 90 beards. And uh, she also is part of the Hammock Residency, who will be actually uh, doing a little something during Mag Scene on Friday. So it all ties together here on the Arts Report. Anyway, he just completed earlier this spring his debut, Mr. and Mrs. Cobalt uh, Performance Competition. And that was his debut in the spring. Still a baby, still a prince, but he's already performing at the opening gala. And that's because it's a really he's a really unique performer. So I thought that I would give you a few minutes from T-Rex about his performance uh, at uh, the upcoming opening gala, which will be tomorrow at Fortune Sound Club. And will be happening after the screening of Romeo, so around 9.30. We actually met uh, on the porch of Katie Stewart, and we will talk to her later in the hour. But for right now, let's talk to T-Rex. about this and it's going to be a multimedia beardo extravaganza yes <laughs> what what does that even mean <laughs> <laughs> well uh i'm all about i'm all about masculine glamour and um because because i'm a trans performer representations of the male body that are very corporeal so hair eating food, toplessness, and a lot of clothing that reveals the body. And so um, my good friend uh, Heidi Nagtigal did a um, beard spectrum project a couple years ago now. Uh, There are 93 pieces of facial hair that she crocheted and she kind of gave me free reign. So I'm going to be using them on stage in various ways. And you said uh, eating. It's yeah. not usually something, uh, definitely corporeal, not something usually associated with glamour. I'm, I'm more in the exploratory phase right now. It just struck me the other day because um, I, you know, I'll eat and people are like, you eat like such a dude. Which is funny because what does that mean? I kind of know what that means. You know, you picture like your 14-year-old brother eating spaghetti. And there's this certain kind of thing where it's like, it's not this taut gendered eating, it's just eating, but it becomes masculine eating when it's not 
filtered through this is what you're supposed to do as a woman so it, it i'm just interested in exploring it in the context of drag it's not something that people explore with drag how do i attest to my masculinity when i'm on stage and shaking my tits and that's why the beards come out and that's why the eating comes out and i think about um what that means um to eat like a man or you know have facial hair what did that what does that hair mean for for the body i'm just interested in how those things burst out of a person uh and in a way that's that's so part of the body and yet drag is all about putting something on you know like there were trans men that have told me that i can't do drag as a man because there's nothing to perform because my masculinity is authentic and of course it is so what does that mean to look at that on stage that's what i'm talking about so uh there'll be some beard play yes beard play there'll be some food play yeah and uh you also mentioned there's going to be a multimedia film component it being the film festival yeah um can you tell us a little bit about it is some of the images you've used there are some there's some ice cream in imagery eating a lot of ice cream i'm eating a lot of ice cream as a man and then other people are eating ice cream and uh and then i, I won't give it away but hair and the ice cream comes together Sounds <laughs> it sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be beautiful, I hope. And that was T-Rex, or Trinopus Rex, which you can actually click through to his Facebook page. Uh, if you go to www.citr and look for today's episode, Summary. You can look for the episode summary, but I forgot to put it up this week, so just look for the episode summary. And uh, you can check out his performance at the uh, 24th Vancouver Queer Film Festival kickoff uh, tomorrow night around 9.30 at Fortune Sound Club. It's actually free for members. So if you went uh, to uh, the Romeo screening and bought a membership or if you've bought a membership online, it's free. Uh, and then just five bucks um, Bring your membership with you. They will not take your word for it. If you are interested in uh, doing uh, a little gender queer, uh, as I mentioned, uh, T Rex, uh, really you know intelligent performer and uh, really interested in gender queer, which I I find really fascinating. There's a whole series called New Gender Queer Cinema, which includes um, shows like Romeo's, uh, Leave It on the Floor, Austin Unbound, and the film Joe Bryath AD, and many more. So I'm just going to take this moment to tell you a little bit about Joe Bryath AD. Um, it, as I mentioned, it is part of the Gender Queer, uh, gender queer series and we actually have tickets to the sunday august 19th screening you can call 604-822-2487 that's 604-822-2487 or ubc citr if you are interested in picking up a couple of passes and uh Jobarth ad so the whole kind of uh premise of this is that he was the American Bowie. And he started out in hair and he 
Sounds a little bit like this. When he first came out and the press got a hold of him, he was going to be the most sensational thing. This young man is the act of tomorrow. Flamboyance to the point of craziness. Uh, yacht queen queen. Uh, asking me about homosexuals like asking James Brown if he's black. Ladies and gentlemen. So it's about glam rock and it's about, uh, you know, the 60s pop glam uh, gender queer era and specifically Joe Bryas move through classical piano, through show tunes and musicals uh, and then through um, his kind of pop heyday and he called himself the true fairy of rock and roll. And he was the first openly gay rock star, but it was over by 1975. And he didn't do that well. Uh, they pumped all this money into him, but uh, after a disappointing debut, um, he turned to cabaret. He started, you know, and he did all right there. And then in 1983, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, so it's a clip-based kind of talking head documentary about this really interesting story. Um, to be honest, I, I really enjoyed the story more than the actual film. Um, so the film is a pretty standard documentary. Um, the clips that they use, I've actually never seen a music. I've never seen a music documentary that had so much information and music about artists and personalities that were not actually the main theme and i think a lot of that is because there's only so he only released uh two albums i believe and um uh i think one and one of them was like not really received at all it was you know it was a follow-up that was never received and he really pushed people away at the end of his life. And so um, a lot of people felt like they had these unanswered things that they want to talk about. Everyone talked about him like they knew him. There was actually very few friends actually uh, talked to by the documentarian. Um, but on the other hand, to see not a person who followed in the footsteps of Bowie or who... Um, inspired glam rock or started it but really someone who was in the thick of it and what was it like for an artist who you could actually argue had a more this more authentic gender queer uh persona which he was then utilizing for uh artifice um but he was actually you know he was more queer than david bowie who made sure that everyone knew he was married but at the same time was not benefiting from any of that. Was it a lack of talent? Not These people don't seem to think so. Um, but uh, you'll have to watch the film for yourself. Like I said, I have tickets. Uh, 604-822-2487. Feel free to call in anytime during the show. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter. CITR Arts Report or CITR underscore Arts Report, all one word. And if you direct message me, with, uh, I will be happy to give you some tickets. Uh, if you're someone who follows us, I'll follow us and direct message me or give me a call at 604-822-2487, CITR underscore Arts Report. 
So the Gender Queer uh, series, you can check that out online at uh, queerfilmfestival.ca as well as all the showtimes. And another series that looks uh, really cool is The Coast is Queer. And that's running Friday, August 24th, starting at 9.30 at Friends of CITR Rio Theatre. And this is a series of shorts from all sorts of points of view, funny, sad, sassy, and they are all by Queer Vancouverites, and some of them even feature a little bit of footage of the coast. And one of those is uh, Queers and Canoes by Katie Stewart from 2002. And uh, Katie has been on the show before and is a friend of the show. And so I thought I would get a few words from her uh, about the uh, process of making this film. Now, you can find this film on YouTube. You just Google Queers and Canoes, pops right up. You will never get tired of watching this film, which is why I totally encourage you to go out and check it out because you will watch it. You will want to watch it again, so it won't be boring when you see it at the theater on August 24th. But moreover, um, I'm really excited, even after seeing it as many times as I have, to see it in the company of other art films. And I will let uh, Katie tell you a little bit more about why. Uh, You were telling me a little... Okay, we are sitting here on Katie Stewart's lovely front porch <laughs> in East Vancouver. Got a little wine. We've survived a spider incident. <laughs> attack. Attack. It was, it was an attack. And I think much like your film, Queers and Canoes, <laughs> it really showcases the strength <laughs> and discomfort with the outdoors. <laughs> That is, I mean, that is a stereotype. I'm not going to say that applies to all queers. (laughs) But it's a stereotype. Uh, But we're here to talk about queers and canoes. And tell me a little bit about this film that is going to be in the Queer Film Fest in Vancouver in 2012. Well, I think first I kind of want to talk a little bit about what happened tonight. We just encountered a wolf spider, maybe the size of a six-month-old baby hand, in our house. And it was genuinely terrifying. Like, you showed up a little bit after the whole thing happened, but it was just like a demon from hell running across our living room floor, and then screams of terror as it bolted in different directions. And it took about five of us to trap it under a bowl. And I feel like... There's not many things in life that make us so genuinely terrified anymore, like actual authentic experiences. You go to scary movies and you're going because you want that experience. But when it's like (laughs) human versus nature, sometimes that happens. Like you're not going to run into a bear every day. It doesn't happen very often that we're in any kind of danger. Maybe we weren't in any danger with the big hairy spider, but it was really scary. Anyways, uh, so Queers and Canoes came about in very much the same manner. Whereas, you know, if tonight someone had a camera in their hand and was filming this whole shitstorm that went down with the wolf spider and everyone involved with it being terrified, that's kind of what it's about. Like, it was a complete accident you didn't go out on a canoe 
thinking to make a film for the Queer no, Film Fest. Not at so all. So tell us how it did come about. We were away for the weekend on Keats Island at a friend's cabin. And we had, you know, great night the night before, stayed up, we were all a bit hungover, and then we thought we'd try to be outdoorsy, so we slapped on the life jackets, and we pulled out the canoe and and started paddling around. And I had already done my, you know, hoo-ha on the canoe, and uh, two friends, Kathleen Lehan and J.C. Crothers, were in the canoe, and they were trying to come into the shore. And for whatever reason... Uh, the incoming waves were so terrifying that Kathleen maybe had a bit of a bit of a breakdown, and I was perched up on a rock with uh, a recording device, and it was too good to be true. <laughs> because the thing about it is like this genuine terror. She's in absolutely no danger, but. Just, like, the actual, the terror that's there. I don't know, it's priceless. And the looks on their faces. And you basically turned it into a comedic satire of kind of the art film short. (laughs) But just for us. Like, it wasn't supposed to go beyond. Then, after I made it, and I talked to Lise Monique, the lead singer of Winter Mints and Manhug, about doing a really creepy soundtrack for it, and she was really into it. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of started snowballing into something bigger. It's really just queers and canoes. So the title, it's it's descriptive more than anything else. (laughs) You're not making a comment. I'm not exploring any sort of... A deeper relationship that I have with my own queerness or with uh, nat- my relationship with nature. Although it does kind of, I don't know, I've been, we've been involved in a lot of projects through Sad Mag recently mm-hmm. where it actually tied in really well because we just came out with the Venomo issue, which is about the intersection between human and nature in an urban environment and some of the problematic interactions that occur. This is an example of that. <laughs> if you want to look at it, that is an example of that. Um, but the, the title Queers and Canoes is just kind of uh, an alliterative, you know, uh, quirky title that, you know, has a sequel called Hiking with Homos. <laughs> <laughs> Soon to be released, 2013. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right, and we're back. And that was Katie Stewart talking about Queers and Canoes. It's part of the Coast is Queer uh, film series shorts that will be uh, August 24th. So that's uh, not this Friday, but next Friday at the Rio Theater. And actually, that also features uh, Sanity for Beginners, which is a short from Jan Derbyshire, who we talked with last week. Um yeah, I'm interested in seeing what it's going to be like seeing art films up against this. But I think there's lots of funny films as well. Um, we got a little bit of Winter Mitts, Careful, from Oceans. Because uh, Winter Mitts is providing the music. So Katie sent me a couple of additional quotes. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, off off recorder <laughs> about uh, herself as a filmmaker and, you know, whether she considered herself a filmmaker, but she apparently just received a vintage 8mm video camera that she's eager to play around with. And so she will be putting together um, some glamour-oriented, uh, performance-oriented uh, film for their upcoming issue 
that will be on performance. Um, so uh, from Sad Meg, and she doesn't want to give away too much, but involves the title Bush Queen. So if that's intriguing. Um, and we also uh, wanted to touch on the idea of being a West Coast queer because it's you know it's the coast is queer and they're talking about canoes. And if you've ever met Katie, which uh, you can. There will be a party after the uh, shorts, and uh, you can meet uh, the directors and, and all that fun stuff. Um, she She's a very made-up individual. She likes vintage dresses and eyeliner and pumps. But she uh, says that she's actually quite an outdoorsy person. She loves camping, surfing, snowboarding, wakeboarding, anything involving uh, shuttlecocks. And so... Um, you know, it may not... On the West Coast, there's no real uh, mind bend around being an outdoorsy queer, and I think that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, just to wrap up on the Queer Film Festival, we still have tickets to Jibriath, 604-822-2487. It was a really, really interesting story. I love, actually, the idea of watching a documentary about someone who actually never got real famous because you see people actually struggling. I also like that it wasn't the traditional rock and roll documentary because instead of coming up through, you know, clubs and CD bars and open mics, you know, it was show tunes and it was a lot of money. And, you know, what happened? So uh, check that out on the 19th. And they actually, there's two screenings. So just check out uh, queerfemfestival.ca slash genderqueer. And then on Thursday, I will be seeing Romeo's, and I will give you the update on that on CITR.ca. And uh, we'll get to see T-Rex perform there. And if you go to the performance, after the performance, find him and ask to see his sparkler scars. He is very proud of them. Um, another thing that's uh, connected with the Queer Film Festival is Celebrate Queer Vancouver, which is a month-long showcase, uh, not just of film, but of visual art, community dialogue, and public art. So that's running until, um, that was running last year, and they probably are going to be doing it again this year. So look uh, around for uh, plaques and art that celebrate the history of queer Vancouver, uh, including public art. All right. So I just wanted to make a a couple uh, of announcements. And uh, we are uh, just one announcement, and then we're going to take a quick back break, and we'll be back with uh, my review and information about the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival. And um, we'll have a little bit from Matthew Grunland of Stranded about something that's coming up uh, tomorrow morning, uh, something special in the spoken word universe at citr.ca. But I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Jocelyn Petit. Uh, She actually came on air, uh, I guess it was about a month ago, if you went during the In the House Festival, we were talking about the In the House Festival. Um, She came, uh, popped on air unexpectedly, and she is the very young lady who uh, plays very amazing violin in the Jocelyn Petit uh, band, Blazing New Traditional Celtic. She's from the East Coast and it's in her blood. And she has an upcoming performance this Friday at the beautiful Dr. Sun Yat-sen Garden in Chinatown at 7 p.m. Check out event details at VancouverChineseGarden.com. Tickets are available by phone or on tickets tonight. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I just thought I'd, I'd give her a shout out. If you enjoy kind of traditional or new traditional music, and if you like uh, folk uh, roots or uh, any kind of like kind of alt classical, she is definitely one to check out. And also so nice, just a lovely young lady. And I wish her all the best. Okay, well, uh, please uh, stick around. We'll have uh, a couple of uh, PSAs from CITR, and then we'll be back with uh, the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival and Matthew Grenland. Stay tuned. Then and now, a fundraiser in support of Megaphone Magazine. Plus, enjoy your favorite songs from Ma Petite, Sydney York, and many more. It's happening on Tuesday, August 21st at 9 p.m. at the Biltmore Cabaret. Tickets are $10 and all proceeds go to the Megaphone Magazine, which provides a voice and economic opportunities for the homeless and low-income community. Sponsored by CITR 101.9 FM. Queer FM with host Aiden Saint presents news, interviews, music, and entertainment for the GLBTQ community on CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. Sunday evenings, 6 to 8 p.m., cool guests, live on-location broadcasts and provocative topics so you never know what will happen next. Won't you join us live or later via podcast? You can get us at www.citr.ca or contact us at queerradiovancouver at gmail.com. Distance between Vancouver and Buenos Aires, 11,000 kilometers. From August 31st to September 9, the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival will bring Buenos Aires right at home. www.vlaff.org All right, and we're back. I wanted to just give a quick bit of information on an event that's coming up later in the month, the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival. And um, we will actually be sponsoring a show, uh, El Artista, the artist from Argentina uh, Argentina and Italy from 2008, uh, Spanish and Italian. And this is the high art world of Buenos Aires. Uh, there's a, a humor and a bit of criticism and a bit of cynicism. And I like all of that stuff in a film. Um, and that uh, story revolves around Jorge Ramirez, a nurse who works at a retirement home. And uh, he observes some amazing art and sketches and he steals them. He steals them. And he becomes famous. And how does he move through this fraud and move through this international art scene? Uh, that will be playing Sunday, September 2nd at 4 p.m. at SFU. And um, we will give you uh, some more information, a review, and we'll give you some interviews from the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival coming up uh, later in the month, uh, most likely on the 29th. But the reason I mention it is because last night was the launch of their official catalog, so you can get it online or pick it up at Pacific Cinematheque. 
So last night at Pacific Cinematheque, which is on Howe, I saw Boleto al Paraiso, uh, excuse my pronunciation, and Ticket to Paradise, which was a, uh, a film from Cuba, Spain, and Venezuela uh, on uh, that was released in 2011, and it was the director of Gerardo, uh, Gerardo uh, Chinoja. Now, this is set in Cuba, 1993. Uh, Eunice is no longer able to tolerate her father's uh, sexual abuse, and she flees her small town. And she falls in with what they call, in the uh, Cuban slang, freakies, a gang of hard-living street kids. Um, they turn, actually, to giving each other AIDS in order to get into one of Cuba's excellent health facilities, basically a hospice, where they try to prolong their life and give them some sort of, um, you know, good, healthy place to live. I argue probably also a place to quarantine them, but we can get into that on another show. Um, it's a beautifully shot movie. The cinematography is excellent, and the performances as directed are amazing. Uh, a lot of emotion, uh, very sexy, very sensual. A little too sexy, a little too sensual. And I don't, I don't mean this in a prudish way. Uh, I love the human form, and I love uh, European and Latin American film because it tends to be so much sexier and so much less violent, whereas mainstream North American films tends to be a lot more violent and be super prudish and scared of the human body and its many wonderful features. And that's just true. Whether you agree uh, that that's a good way to be or a bad way to be, that is just uh, how film works in those various areas. But this film, I think, was a little muddled. I uh, was very entertained, but at the end, I didn't know what the point of this film was. So I don't know whether it was about um, being, you know, like uh, all the kids had bad families. Uh, I don't know whether it was about uh, poverty. I don't know whether it was about AIDS. There was this love story that was just over the top. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a story we've seen before. It was really interesting to see these kids hang out in like a Latin American heavy metal scene. That was really fun. And it was really cool to... Um, learn a little bit about Cuba in 1993, which may have also been one of the, the kind of themes of the movie. But with the fact that CITR is sponsoring uh, El Artista, which I will give you an equally honest review of when I see it, and it looks to be like a lot of really, really cool shows that are coming up, uh, like Mia who uh, actually is also in the Queer Film Festival, the Central Gala. So that is um, uh, about a uh, transvestite who is living in a marginal community uh, in Buenos Aires. And then there's another one called um, The Space Between Us, or El Espacio Entre la Dos. And that is about a small town in Argentina where three childhood friends rock out on a makeshift stage in front of a room full of screaming, enthusiastic bands. Those are a couple that look interesting to me. I would not actually recommend Ticket to Paradise uh, because I, I felt like the story um, really just focused on this poor, you know, virginal girl who is trying to overcome these actually really traumatic real events through, uh, and she goes through poverty and uh, drug use and it didn't 
felt a little shallow to me and uh, it's disappointing but I know that there will be an opening gala on the 31st for the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival and as I mentioned before the great thing about festivals is that there's uh, there will be some films that you don't like but the ability to sample all of these filmmakers all of these countries um, and to celebrate the culture of an area is uh, is really priceless. So I definitely suggest you uh, check out many of the films at the Latin American Film Festival from August 31st to September 9th at various venues, uh, but I would not recommend Ticket to Paradise. Just my personal opinion. And in the speaking of personal opinion, actually that, that segue doesn't make sense. Um, we have uh, Stranded at CITR host Matthew uh, in studio to tell us a little bit about uh, an event, spoken word, uh, special programming event tomorrow morning, um, and uh, about now. Now you probably are going to be able to explain it better than I am, Matthew. So why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you're going to be talking about? And if you like yoga, mm. you should listen up. Mm. Yeah. Hi, my name's Matt, and yeah, I generally host the Australian Canadian music show called Stranded uh, on Friday nights, and. And uh, yeah, so uh, but I'm doing a special tomorrow um, from 10 a.m. till 11 uh, 11 a.m. <laughs> no, it's not a 24 hour marathon. 10 a.m. till 11 a.m. tomorrow um, about bhakti yoga. Um, so we all know that uh, Curtain Vancouver is coming up on Saturday. We're sponsoring it. That's right with and Mantra Radio. Mantra Radio, and um, and I'll be helping to do the live broadcast for that. Um, so that's on Saturday. So Kirtan Vancouver is a, is a really wonderful festival based on this tradition of bhakti yoga. So um, have you heard, do you know what bhakti yoga is? No, Matthew. As a matter of fact, okay. I was going to ask, what is uh, Kirtan and what is bhakti yoga? Uh, okay. It, it is, well, like yoga, let's, let's face it, Vancouver's uh, a yoga center. I've, I've seen a couple of pairs of yoga pants around. There, yeah. There's a few <laughs> pairs of yoga pants. People are... Everywhere doing yoga, but the physical, what they call the asanas of yoga, is only one type, one limb of yoga. Yoga is actually a very expansive and ancient tradition from India, and bhakti yoga is 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 the the emotional component of that as as relating to ex- the expression of singing. So a kirtan is a traditional way of um, of singers uh, getting up and and sing songs about their devotion to something beyond themselves, to the, the source of their existence, supreme being, whatever you want to uh, label that. Um, so it comes from a reform movement from um, the Hindu Dharma in India, uh, going right back to the sixth century, sixth or seventh century, where people wanted to kind of get back to the roots and realize that even though India was a stratified society with this, this caste system, that no one should be excluded to having a direct relationship to whatever they think is beyond them. So everyone can sing. Everyone has emotions. Everyone should be able to express themselves. So this movement was bringing it back to the people and it's, and it's remained ever since. And it, it gets very complex to look at the history of it and see how there's different lineages in India of uh, people devoted to specific deities that represent certain things. But the essence of it all is this deep emotional connection. So Kanam Rita Dasi is one of the performers uh, who is playing on Saturday and also a special show she's doing on the 22nd of August at the Canadian Memorial Church. So I interviewed her today and she is... Um, 
absolutely an exquisite voice. So she is, she's an exemplar of this tradition in the modern context in North America. And what's unique about her is that she uh, grew up in North America, but she travelled to India and learnt um, from these extraordinary Indian masters uh, the, the depth of, of this tradition. And so um, she since returned to uh, North America and she tours around, she sings. And she's released an album, and I'll play some of her songs tomorrow on the special. And she's just got this extraordinary, exquisite voice. And we'll be able to see her perform, as I said, at, Van- at Curtain, Vancouver, but also on the 22nd, Canadian Memorial Church. That's at 1825 West 16th Avenue. And you can get tickets at Banyan Books. Uh, so, yeah, I just had a great chat with her. Um, I'll edit up that interview. So tomorrow between 10 and 11, I'll play that interview with her. And also a piece um, I spoke with Jeffrey Armstrong. He is a local teacher here um, of, the, of Vedanta, the philosophy behind yoga. So he sets the context for what this is all about. And, uh, and then Kanan Rita will tell us about her experience and what we can expect to see when, when we see her perform. Um, and, yeah, I've always had an interest in this since coming to Vancouver because um, you land here and yoga's everywhere and I had this desire to learn what was behind it. So, actually, Jeffrey Armstrong is a teacher that I've had a connection with. Um, and so I really recommend, folks, if you're interested in what's, what's beyond the surface here in, in this city and everywhere, what, what yoga um, can mean at a deeper level, tune in tomorrow from 10 till 11 a.m. And also Friday is my rock and roll show. So uh, if, you, if you prefer um, rock and roll from Australia, independent um, music and from Canada, Friday nights, 6 p.m. Stranded. Stranded, the Australian-Canadian music show. Um, but, yeah, um, tomorrow is something special. So 10 a.m. Okay. Uh, and if you like yoga, you're probably up around that time. I've noticed yeah. this correlation <laughs> between being able to get yourself out of bed <clears throat> and enjoying uh, enjoying yoga. If uh, There's a couple of events that he mentioned there. If you want mm. more information, you can actually go to citr.ca because we are sponsoring some of these events. So, um, you know, there's all the links you need and you can, you can find out more. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming by and letting people mm. know about that, Matthew. Oh, thanks for having me, Megan. Yeah, thank you. And... I uh, just wanted to issue a bit of a correction. I played a PSA there for Queer FM, but it's an old one. And uh, Queer FM has gone through a reboot. Uh, Aiden is on the coast now of Hawaii, not of Canada. So he's off living the good life. And we have the really amazing uh, Jared, often uh, joined by uh, cool cats like Barb Snowgrove and David C. Jones. And he is on Tuesday mornings. Uh, there's no arts extra anymore. They've packed it in to uh, an hour and a half to two hours. I think it's 8 to 1030. It is a big show, and they will tell you about the music, the arts, the fun, and the flavor of the queer community in Vancouver. So um, feel free to check that out. And uh, if you are still interested in tickets from the Queer uh, Film Festival, you can contact me at arts at citr.ca, or you can uh, check out all the showtimes at queerfilmfestival.ca. You can also check out the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival at vlaff or vlaff.org. And megaphonemagazine.com is having their event next Tuesday. And finally, last but not least, and also first, is uh, Discorder's participation in Magscene on Main. So go to magsceneonmain.com. 
And that's the end of the show. It went by so fast. Um, I can't wait to talk to you again next week when we will talk about uh, the upcoming Summer Literary Dreams Festival. We'll have a couple of book reviews and we'll be talking uh, a little bit more about the Queer Film Fest because I'll have some more reviews for you. All right, have a great evening. We're going to listen to a little bit of music coming up and then later in the evening... We're going to have Sam's Quatch Hideaway Folk Oasis just like every Wednesday. Have a great night. It is 6.06 and time for another edition of the Discoder Show. I am your host, DJ CJ. And once again, we have back on with us, Megan from the Oz Report. Hi, Megan. Hi. You guys thought you could get rid of me, but that's <laughs> not true. I, I completely forgot. I have my own show. And I completely forgot to promote our amazing Fringe Festival coverage starting next week. So keep an eye on CITR.ca. We will do... You know, do it up. We will promote it and we will tell you all about it. But next week, after the Arts Report, we will have two episodes of our very special Fringe Fest coverage, This Fringy Life. Mm-hmm. And so it is This American Life style fringified. And we'll have interviews of upcoming shows on a variety of themes. The first two themes will be Space which is the theme of the Vancouver Fringe catalog this year. And we will also have Solo and Adam Janusz, uh, previously of the Arts Report, and uh, Claire Eagle of News 101 with yourself, um, will be telling us a little bit about space and about being alone at the Fringe Fest. So please stay tuned, and thank you for letting me fix my mistake on Disco to Radio. No problem. We and, love it. We love it. And don't forget to go to Meg's scene tomorrow night and see Discorder that pictures. Is true. That is true. I have sent 
um, jazz, several, like more than 40 different photos, and they, they all look amazing. That's, so, it's going to look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so check that out at the Western Front. Absolutely. All right, listeners. Bye for real. That was Megan, and this is the Courtney's.